your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're streaming out live on the Alternate Current Radio Network and also at 21stCenturyWired.com. And after the live broadcast, you can also catch these segments and these discussions up on iTunes and the other major podcasting platforms as well. Joining us on the live link right now is uh, Dr. Mohammed Morandi from the University of Tehran. He is a global affairs analyst, uh, but also a political commentator on affairs uh, in his own country and in the region. Hello, Dr. Morandi. How are you? Hi. Good evening. Thank you for joining us. We, we've only got you for a few minutes, but we wanted to get your, your thoughts on what has uh, transpired over the last two weeks in your country and how this looks uh, geopolitically, diplomatically right now at the moment. Well, I think uh, from what I've been reading in the Western media, again, they're uh, miscalculating when it comes to Iran. So after the, the, uh, the Ukrainian airline crashed and it became clear that the Iranian armed forces downed it by mistake, there were those in Iran who were very angry. And I think the, I think the government and the armed forces made a mistake by delaying uh, the announcement. They could have said from the beginning that they thought that this may have been carried out uh, by our own uh, missiles or hit by our own missiles by mistake. And then did the three-day investigation, but they waited till the investigation was over, then made the announcement that made some people think that uh, this was a cover-up, and most people didn't think it was a cover-up, but they thought that they provided uh, Western countries and governments with an excuse to hammer Iran. So, And I think they made a big mistake. But the problem is that, uh, so last night and today, you have a few thousand people in Tehran and other cities on the streets chanting uh, anti uh, government slogans against the leader and, and so on. And so they think that, okay, the Iranian people are opposed to the Iranian government or the constitution. And they forget that just a week ago, there were five to seven million people in Tehran alone on the streets commemorating General Qasem Soleimani, who represents everything that the Western political establishment despises about Iran. So again, this is all a, a miscalculation. What I think we're seeing is a, a big mistake by the Americans by murdering uh, General Soleimani and by murdering his Iraqi counterpart, Abu Mahdi al-Muhandis, because these were acts of war against both Iran and Iraq. And we saw the huge funerals in Iraq as well, and how the sentiments against the United States and its government and its military and its occupation are so negative. And I think there, there, this is going to be the beginning of the end of the American occupation because this will get bloody if they don't leave. And they, they can scapegoat Iran all they want, but the reality is that the Iraqi people want them out. Iraqi parliamentarians, despite uh, threats from the United States, they threaten them with sanctions, they threaten to freeze their assets, they threaten, threaten to prevent them from traveling abroad, they threaten their children uh, from being able to obtain visas in countries where uh, you know where they want to go and study in Western countries. And despite those threats, the majority of the Iraqi parliamentarians voted the Americans out. So this uh, this crime both mobilized the Iranian population. No, you, you, you do 100% of Iranians support the Islamic Republic of Iran, the Constitution? Of course not. 
will thousands of people demonstrate against it? Sure. But the Americans have to open their eyes to the fact that five to seven million people came to a funeral ceremony in Tehran, in a, you know, which was highly emotional. They have to recognize that only when the Americans recognize that Iranians do not want the Americans uh, on their footstep, on their doorstep, that Iraqis do not want them an American occupation, that people see the U.S. government as an occupier and as oppressive and as aggressive. Until the Americans see that, they're only hurting themselves more and more. They're spending tens of billions of dollars in this region on their bases. Needlessly, they could use it to improve schools and build highways and bridges and clean the environment. But instead of doing that, they're wasting their money here and making people more angry. So I think that what they've done is that they've triggered something which is ultimately going to force Americans out of Iraq. And and regarding the the Iranian missile strikes on the two U.S. facilities uh, in in Anbar and also in Erbil, um, was there did did people in Iran or did you and other people you spoke to were expecting the United States to retaliate after that because it, it appeared that the White House stood down at that point? Were there is there a reason for that or is, is was this just a strategic reality that they couldn't respond after that and the matter was was finished there. What do you think? Yes, people were concerned about a, a major American strike because Trump has constantly said, you know, he's threatened Iran constantly. He's spoken about obliterating Iran. He's spoken about destroying Iran, the Iran's cultural heritage. He's carrying out a, uh, a war, an economic, uh, he's carrying out economic warfare against ordinary Iranians, trying to even prevent medicine from coming into the country. So people did expect the strike. And the reason why this poor officer down the plane was because he thought it was an incoming missile he was you know he you know this was a catastrophic mistake and it and uh, again people are angry with the way in which the government conducted itself in in announcing uh, exactly what happened but uh, but still the iranians see the united states as the main reason for its troubles and for the, the economic difficulty and for the uh, state of uh, war that exists in this region, and unless the United States comes to terms with this reality, it's just going to get worse for the Americans. So yes, the Iranians believed there was going to be a, a, a major, many did. They believed that the Americans were going to strike. I didn't personally, but many did. And I think Trump definitely stood down, because when he saw that all the missiles struck their targets, and they passed through the U.S. air defense system, and none of them, not a single one was intercepted, and then those targets were just devastated, I think that sent a message that all American bases in the Persian Gulf region are uh, are vulnerable, and more importantly, that those countries that support the United States and give them bases, like the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia, are extremely vulnerable, and they would collapse immediately if there was war, especially with the capability that the Iranians have and I think the Iranians intentionally tried not to kill Americans because they wanted to send a message to the United States, but they didn't want to provide Trump with an excuse to mobilize, uh, let's say, uh, those naive people in the United States who will start supporting him if if soldiers are killed, despite the fact that those soldiers are occupying a country and despite the fact that the U.S. government. Is, uh, has carried out an act of war against Iranians. So I think uh, the Iranians played it smart, and I think uh, if the U.S. government was smart, they would end the occupation.
And, and lastly, is this what the United States wants uh, when they're asking for a new JCPOA deal? They want to add the intermediate missile capability into the deal because they feel threatened uh, by, by Iran on this, on this side of things? Well, whatever it is that the Americans want, they're not going to get it. The Americans have surrounded Iran with military bases, and Iran is not going to get rid of its uh, its defense capabilities. It is these defense capabilities that forces people like Trump to stand down. So Iranian security is not going to be compromised. So I don't believe that Iran, under any circumstances, will renegotiate the JCPOA. Whatever Trump says and whatever the U.S. Want, wants to believe, fine. They can believe that Iran is about to collapse. They can believe that the Iranian people hate the so-called regime that they love to keep saying on Western media and, and, their, and their think tanks. Uh, they can keep thinking that, but it's not going to go away, as it hasn't for the last four decades, and people are going to resist U.S. hegemony. And, uh, in fact, Iran, because they no longer abide by many of the uh, elements within the JCPOA, since the Americans and the Europeans are, are violating it, they're now developing their peaceful nuclear program at a much more rapid pace. So, you know, the former status quo is gone because Iran is now stepping further ahead in its uh, peaceful nuclear program. And, and there's a good book on the Iranian nuclear program because I know many of your listeners may think that Iran is pursuing a nuclear weapon. Uh, Gareth Porter has a good book on this uh, manufactured crisis where he explains that this is a myth that Iran was actually pursuing a nuclear weapon. Well, we'll make a note on that on the show page as well. But we want to thank you for your time, Dr. Mirandi, uh, and uh, we'll hopefully speak to you again uh, in the future. Thank you for having me, and I wish you and your listeners a very good day. Thank you very much. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That is Dr. Mohammed Mirandi from the University of Tehran, global affairs analyst and political commentator for the Middle East and in Iran. We're going to take a short break and we're going to come back and look at the analysis on how we got to this crisis to begin with. And uh, it's going to be very interesting how things unfold. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. This is the Sunday Wire. 